Welcome to the Lead Up Leadership Podcast. Hear from rising leaders and seasoned leaders across various industries to see about their leadership journey and how you can level up your leadership game. Here's your host, Renato G. Lead up! All right. Uh, well, we are back with another episode of the Lead Up Leadership Podcast. And I, I say this every episode, being excited, but I truly, truly, truly am excited because uh, I've known I've known this individual like literally since high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say unofficially, officially was like uh, one of my first uh, student mentors. I would say uh, I was part of like a scholarship program. Shout out to the Rotary Club, Burlingame, uh, San Mateo. Um, but uh, I have my good friend, mentor, uh, peer mentor, um, now Doctor uh, Jose Gonzalez. Welcome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here, man. And um, it's crazy. We, you know, we were talking before we recorded. You know, it's been a, a couple years. We can't even uh, really recall when yeah. the last time we reconnected. But we've been, in some ways, keeping in touch through just social media, right, and, yep. and different things. And that's right. Um, but before I get into a lot, of, uh, a lot of the questions I want to get into, mm-hmm. um, can you give us a little bit of background, kind of a short bio? Uh, who is Jose Gonzalez? Yeah, well, I'm excited to be here and thank you for the opportunity to get to like talk about leadership. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, so who am I? Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a child of immigrants. You know, like I, I was born in El Salvador, came here in the late 80s during the Civil War, um, went to public schools my whole life, uh, grew up in San Mateo in the Bay Area. So yeah, you know, I went to you know Turnbull Learning Academy, Borrell. Then I went to Aragon. Um, so it was all it was all my my education there. Um, my parents, you know, are hard workers. That's like without a doubt, that's where I where I learned the value of hard work and like what it means to be a hard worker. Um, my mom was a nanny. She used to clean homes. Um, my dad works at a bowling alley as a uh, as like the mechanic in the back, right, with all the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's that kind of sums up who I am. You know, first generation college student. Yeah, um, the first one in my family to go. Um, having the immigrant experience, I was also the first in my family to become a U.S. citizen, and I remember mm-hmm. that happened in college. Um, junior year in college so that that's me in a nutshell and you know my passion is education um i i love when kids learn yeah um my favorite grades are like kindergarten first and second my favorite Uh, i think it's a really important grade and i love teaching kids how to read um but now my my focus is how can we have systemic change to ensure that kids don't fall through the cracks? Because I feel like we've been saying this forever um, and it's still the status quo. And so how are we really gonna start changing things? And that's kind of like my drive for for what I do now. That's great. And I I love how you're bringing all this this stuff up because we're definitely gonna touch on a lot of the things that you have mentioned. Um, I wanna ask you uh, two quick things and then we'll kind of dive deep into some other questions. Yeah. As we as we wrapped up one year, 2020, a very heavy, mm-hmm. heavy, long year for a lot of folks. 
Yeah. Um, what is something that you took away from 2020? Maybe something you learned or something experienced. Um, and what are you looking forward to in this new year, 2021? Yeah. So 2020 was a was a was quite the year, right? And and the biggest takeaway that it taught me is the value of like creative thinking. Mm. Um, we operate with like a mission and a vision in mind, right? Like this is what we stand for, and it's very clear to people with what that looks like pre-COVID. Yeah, and so instead of asking ourselves, we can't do this because of COVID, it's more like, how do we honor our mission and our vision and our vision um, within COVID? Like COVID yeah. is just a barrier. We've, we've overcome barriers all the time. Yeah. So what, is, what, it, what does our organization look like in these times? Yeah. And so we really had to adopt the model of, or a mindset of not, we can't do this, but yeah. more, how can we do this and still honor what we stand for uh, with all of these barriers still in place? <laughs> yeah. Um, and something else with that is we need to be very crystal clear with what our values are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because once we honor those, it's going to guide us regardless yeah. if COVID is here, regardless if they're not. Mm -hmm. So if folks have different interpretations of values, that's when collective movement is gonna be really challenging. And so you lean on your values for that guidance yeah. and you ask yourself, what does this look like now? Not this can't look the same anymore. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so what I'm looking forward to in 2021, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot, is we, we have learned a ton <laughs> of like how we can be more efficient. We've learned a ton about um, how to take care of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm excited to see how can we take these learnings from COVID mm -hmm. and continue some of the work that we're doing that we've learned and we have gotten really good at. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means, um, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what what's to yeah. come. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I, I love how you're talking about in 2020, honoring, honoring is such a powerful word. I don't think, I think sometimes it can get misused or not used enough because we might not truly understand what it means. Mm -hmm. um, and in some ways, you know, 2020 exposed and revealed what our actual values were, right? Or, or what values we say that we, we believe in. Mm -hmm. So truly when, you know, things hit the fan, that is truly not what we value. So I love how you talked about that. And and really what get, got me excited in some ways about, you know, how things, you know, really around the world were changing right before our eyes, you know, even, even to this day, they're still changing. Yeah, um, yeah. And being in education, right? Mm -hmm. I see how education is literally being flipped on its head. And That's so, right. um, and, it, and there was already so much talk about education changing, but it's, it's here now. And it's like, all right, we're trying to, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to see what the future of education across the board is going to look like and so right. i'm excited to kind of dive deeper into that and and speaking of education yeah. um when we first met uh i think i was like starting off in high school you were wrapping up high school getting ready mm -hmm. for college mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you ended up going to cal right you got your bachelor's and then you got these i don't even know all these other degrees uh <laughs> but talk to me uh i kind of yeah. joke around with that but talk to me about yeah. your 
your educational journey and why you decided to pursue uh, these various degrees uh, and maybe share, you know, what each degree um, kind of meant for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> so, college wasn't even on my radar. Mm. I remember that, you know, if it wasn't for the San Mateo Youth Foundation, like that organization that, you know, that we <laughs> yeah. participated yeah. in. Yeah. I didn't even know Berkeley was the city, right? <laughs> I didn't even know Berkeley was across the bay. Um, so I'm just like, okay, I heard this is a good school. Let me let let's see, let's just see it if we if we get in there. And so I happened to get in there, and my my focus was I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. That's right. Yeah. And part of that was. You know, you go to college and there's some parental expectations, like you either become a doctor or you become a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And given the struggles with immigration, I was yeah. really driven to do like immigration law. Mm -hmm. And so I knew what I wanted. I wanted to go and major in political science, go to law school and all of that. Uh, politics was really, still really interesting to me. Um, and so I decided to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but right after, I got a job at Boys and Girls Club. That's right. Peninsula. And so that's where I got my first taste of what youth development felt like. Uh-huh. Um, and I met an extraordinary principal, school mm. principal. Um, and I remember she was the first Latina I ever met who had a master's degree. Wow. She has two. Um, she came to the United States when she was an adult, um, learned English, worked her way up from Venezuela. And she's just like this amazing person. Yeah. And I call her my tia. She's now my, my tia. <laughs> yeah. She's like involved in my life. Yeah, um, and she gave me a really good taste of what education was like. Yeah. And I remember her telling me as a Latina who has two master's degrees, she says, you need to display your credentials. Hmm. And, she, and, I, and I wanted to know a little bit more about like what, what, what she what meant by mean? that. Yeah, and right, she's right. like, just display them so the doubt is not in people's minds and they can focus on what you're saying. Wow. And that was like the first time I was like, wait, what? Like, I wouldn't even doubt her. She was yeah. this like, amazing person to me. But it was the reality. That was her reality. Right. And so she was always focused on what's best for kids, what's best for kids. And she's like, our black and brown students, like they need better. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not giving them what they need. And so that really encouraged me like, well, why aren't there teachers that look like them? Right. Uh, and that got me really angry. And so I was like, okay, I want to be a principal like you. I just, I just, I just want to be a principal. And she said, well, you have to be a teacher first. And I said, well, I don't want to be a teacher. I just want to be a principal. I want to do what you do. You're like right. this amazing person. I want to be like you, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then she's like, no, you have to be a principal. Yeah. And yeah. so I looked at all these teaching programs and I decided to, I looked at all of them. And the one that really drew me, um, and we talked about values, but the one that was aligned with my values was Teach for America. Mm. And I applied to that because of their vision for 
excellence for all students. Yeah. And it was the quickest way to get the credential. And I just felt like there was, a, there was, like a, there was an urgency to get into the classroom. Uh, and so I, I did that. I became a teacher. I was a uh, teacher for several years, a middle school teacher. And within that program, you get to pursue a, a, a master's degree where you write a thesis. Right. And because I was excited and still had my eye on being a principal, my thesis was about the, the struggles of being a Latinx principal. Mm. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to know the good, the bad, and the ugly before I step into that role. It was almost like, let me know everything before I step in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that this principal told me, she always told me, you don't say no to the opportunity, but you ask questions. Mm. And so for me, the thesis was the asking questions part. Right. What do I want to know about being a principal, especially a principal of color? Yeah. And so I learned a ton and I said, all right, I, I, let's do it. Like, it's going to be tough, but let's do it. So then I moved on and I became a principal. I founded a school, you know, from the ground up um, uh, in, in the <laughs> Richmond area. And it was a wonderful experience. It was the hardest job that I've ever had in uh, my life. I can only imagine. It was, it was hard, super rewarding. Um, and for some reason still didn't feel fulfilled. Mm. And I read Michelle Obama's book that year when I opened the school, I remember it was January. And she writes about how she pursued this career of being a lawyer. Yeah. And it was a tough pill to swallow for her where she recognized that she just wasn't fulfilled. She wanted to be working in the community, even though she was part of this like great uh, law firm. Right. And so she talked about making decisions based <laughs> on fulfillment versus based on like what you've worked right. to get to. Right. And so I made the decision to, to leave that post. Um, and at the same time, I was pursuing a doctoral degree um, at USC. And the goal there was, it was organizational change and leadership. And I always had a focus after that, that if we really wanna make systemic change yeah. and really make sure that all kids are reading and we really wanna make sure that all kids have access, then there needs to be something that's different that has to come down to systemic change. It's yeah. not, while I felt that like change was happening as a principal, I wanted it to be like a bigger, larger mm -hmm. impact. And I, it needed to happen at an organizational wide level. Of course. And so I pursued that. And my dissertation was on reforming school discipline policies. Um, and so I learned a ton about teacher preparation programs. I learned a ton about what it takes to be an effective teacher, what it takes to be an effective coach. Uh, and then I, I just learned a ton and I wanted to take that back to the organization that inspired me to become a teacher to begin with. And that was Boys and Girls Clubs. And so now I'm there in a capacity that allows me to 
to do systemic change at an org-wide level. Um, and that's why I that's why I pursued it. I think my and this is helping me reflect. The goal really was, how do I maximize impacts? Yes. And in order to do that, I I needed to have a solid understanding of what's how things work right now. Yeah. Because if I want to change it, I need to change it from the inside. Um, but I need to know first why it works the way it works. And I thought yeah. that pursuing a degree in organizational change would allow me to figure that out. Yeah. Um, so that was part of the reason why I pursued those at the same time, there was also like another aspect of like imposter syndrome that, mm -hmm. that was just like, look, I'm trying to be at the table. Yeah. And like, like that principal said to me, make sure you display those things so that they don't question what you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm in an organization that I love now. And they encouraged like learning. And so now I'm pursuing now a certificate in executive <laughs> coaching. Okay. Um, and really the goal there is there's a lot of leaders making decisions. Yeah. Everywhere. Yes. And there are foundational beliefs, deeply held values self-limiting beliefs that drive certain leadership behaviors. And so if you can't identify those, you're not going to be able to make a change. Right. So yeah. really the coaching is let's coach leaders because that's who are making decisions and impacting everybody. And so yeah. my goal yeah. is to create access to executive coaching to leaders who typically don't have access to that. Because mm. I didn't even know executive coaching existed until like two years ago. Can you share a little bit of what, what exactly is executive coaching? Yeah, so it's about thinking about how your leadership is impacting your performance. And so the way that you coach is based on maybe you're encountering a challenge at work as a leader Mm -hmm. and you dissect <laughs> what that means to you. Like, why do you think you're having that challenge? What impact is that having on you? Yeah. What belief do you hold that's inhibiting wow. you from performing? It goes deep. Um, it goes really deep. Yeah. And yeah. that has been my biggest learning is we can, you know, we can reprimand or we can give a write-up to someone who is acting a certain way. But if we don't address what's the underlying belief that's creating them or the underlying belief that is making them act in a certain way, yes. they're not, yes. nothing's gonna change because yes. you haven't addressed a belief that is making them act in a certain way. Wow. Um, so that's what executive coaching is about. And I learned a ton in this program and I'm excited to bring that back to wow. wherever I can make an impact. Wow. wow, that's good. And, and I love, you know, I, I've heard about executive coaching and um, my current organization, um, which I enjoy and I love as well, they have invested uh, resources into some of the leaders for, um, uh, I would say, leadership development. And that's helped. And I think it kind of touches on what you're saying, kind of going deep, right, mm -hmm. of kind of your, your thought process and um, even behaviors you're not you're not realizing or you're aware of 
um, that lead and spill into, you know, things as small as, you know, team meetings or even certain decisions that you make and, uh, you know, vision casting, right? And uh, all those things are, are key things that you're doing on a daily basis. But if you're not aware, mm -hmm. you know, of maybe the good as well, right? Because it's highlighting the good as well as the things that might be needing to be revamped. Right. Um, I think it's very, very critical. So I'm, I'm very proud of you and, and very uh, excited to see how your journey continues. Um, and one thing I, I was going to ask you, um, yeah. when it comes to leadership, um, mm -hmm. I mentioned this with another, another guest. Um, there are some, I would say, some cool benefits and perks, right? In terms of, uh, you know, being a leader, you have certain influence and level of responsibilities and things you kind of get to oversee. Uh, but also on the flip side, there's a lot of weight that comes with that, right? There's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, team dynamics and challenges that we face. I'm curious to hear from you, um, you know, what has been, you know, maybe a, a very rewarding um, aspect of leadership and maybe, I don't know if you can recall, maybe a very challenging experience or moment uh, within like your leadership journey. Yeah, <clears throat> I have. I've had. <laughs> you're right. It is like a. It's like a double edged, right? A double edged sword here. Um, yeah. You know, a, a challenge I've I've had is, I, I've had a lot of people tell me what leadership is, mm. and I've come to realize that I just need to define what that means for me. Oh, that's good. Um. So let me give you an example. I I was once told by a leader that empathy only goes down, it doesn't go up. Hmm. Um, and I believe that at some time, you know, at some level. Yeah. Uh, it's like, as the leader, you are charged with taking care of the people that are under your care, right? I think that's ultimately what a leader is. You're, you're, people are under your care. Yeah. Um, and so empathy goes down is what I, is what I kept hearing. And first of all, that just sends the message that leadership is a hierarchy, which it's not. Because if you have influence in whatever position you have, yeah. you're a leader. So Perfect. like that sends the wrong message. Yes. Um, and what I have seen is it is very possible for leaders to get empathy from mm. folks. It doesn't just go down. Yeah. It is a two-way street. And you're that much more effective wow. when it's a two-way street. Um, so that I think that has been my biggest learning, and I I refuse to to believe otherwise. Yeah, that's so good. I love that two-way street. It's so true, so true. Especially during now. I I mean, I can not going to share it here, but you know, definitely an experience I had, um, you know, last year. You know, with a with a team member. Right. And, and just dealing with empathy and, and, and going and writing that experience because it wasn't resolved in one day. Right. Or even a week. Um, so and at the end of the day, it's about people. Right. Relationships and how that carries over and how we can continue to move forward to do what we have in common, which is the goal. Right. To, to impact and support, right. to support students. Yeah. Easier, easier said than done. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Um, and you may have maybe alluded to it a little bit earlier, but can you recall like a, a defining leadership moment uh, in your journey, whether it was in school or maybe in the field or maybe even recently, is there like a, a leadership defining moment? And I ask that because um, 
I know from, from experience, personal experience, where I looked at a lot of people I looked up to and just mm -hmm. always thought, oh, they've always been like that. They've always been charismatic, always led with, you know, great authority and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as I learned and heard their stories, you know, that wasn't always the case, right? There was usually maybe a, a pivoting moment, right? Whether than their personal life, their family, or something they experienced and they made a, a, a pivot, right? To kind of lead a different uh, way, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm curious to hear from you. It, can you recall like a, a leadership defining moment for yourself? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I think it goes back to the moment I decided to uh, leave my post as principal was a very important defining moment for me. And the reason I say that was that it was, it's like twofold. The first piece of this stems from, it was such a difficult decision to make because I worked at Boys and Girls Clubs. I was inspired by this principal. I wanted to be like her. I worked, you know, I did everything right to get there. Yeah. And I was there. And I was still not fulfilled. Yeah. It was also impacting my personal life mm -hmm. because I would I was so laser focused with doing that super well. I was laser focused on making sure that I was the best principal that I could be. Right. That right. I often negated my health for mm -hmm. it. Um, and that was impacting my personal relationships. You know, uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm engaged. Like, I want to make sure that yeah. continues, right? Like, I want to, you know, there's a lot of things. And, and I didn't realize that seeking fulfillment is a very valid reason mm -hmm. to not stay somewhere yeah. um, or to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so that was a defining moment for me because now my mindset is always like my pursuit is not a position. Yeah. My pursuit is not a salary. Um, my pursuit is ultimately fulfillment. And it took me a long time to figure that out. That's so good. And I feel like I'm at peace finally with where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, my, my family is in a better place. Um, because of my own pursuit of fulfillment mm -hmm. and so there has been a lot of um and I think I'm a better leader for it mm -hmm. I'm a better leader for it for sure that's great that's awesome yeah. and that's great I, I love that you know a lot of the people that tune in they kind of range in the you know ages 28 34 yeah. uh, and then some you know young adult and some you know young professionals so you know finding that fulfillment is is, is real and sometimes, you know, you know, finding your passion or finding the right career, there's a lot out there to kind of like, you know, make a decision and how to respond. Yeah. Um, so I think it's super real. So thank you for sharing that, Dr. Yeah. Jose. Um, and as we kind of start uh, getting to a close, I want to ask you uh, another question. Yeah. Um, as we enter this new year, uh, what is your current focus uh, when it comes to your like, you know, leadership uh, tool belt, you know, skill set. I know you mentioned, I think earlier, early on about, um, you know, really how do we respond when it comes to the systemic changes that we need to make? Yeah. Um, how are you 
uh, I don't know if that if that is the answer, but what do you, what is your current focus right now, and and how are you uh, looking towards the end of this year? Yeah, there. I think there's there's two big focus, and I think the first one is what you just mentioned, the the systemic change, right? Is we've we've learned a ton, we have momentum because we've adjusted and we've pivoted in the way that we need to. Yeah, uh, and I'm very proud of Boys and Girls Clubs for the work that we've been doing, um, and so. The focus now is I, I see a, the end of, you know, like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like the vaccine is out. We, we, hope, we hope that things are going to get better. And so now what is that pivot going to look like? Yeah. What is that change going to look like? What are we keeping from our learnings from COVID? What are we not keeping? Mm-hmm. Um, has our mission shifted? because of COVID? Have we learned that we're probably not um, who we said we were prior because we've learned so much? Right. So right. I think it's a, my focus now is a transition back into this new normal and also reevaluating um, our purpose yeah. to see right. if like, are we again, going back to that word of honoring, are we honoring our purpose? Yeah. Uh, do we need a change? And the second focus is coaching leadership coaching yeah Uh, it's definitely a passion that is surfacing that i didn't know existed until recently um i want to continue to get better at that um and i want to ultimately it goes back to leader actions leader actions make a difference and if we don't know where those actions are coming from one we're not going to continue doing them And two, we might continue doing something that isn't effective. And so yeah. that's where the excitement with coaching comes is like, let's, let's invest in our leaders because yeah. uh, that's going to really drive systemic change. That's great. I love it. Um, and as I've been closing out the show on the last couple of episodes, can you help uh, the listeners lead up by finishing this statement? And the statement is every leader needs this knowing what you know now from your experience your education your all your degrees um every leader needs this do i explain after or do i just say yes yes yeah explain it after okay um every leader needs a community Mm. and the reason i say that is i I've heard it time and time again, and this goes back to, I need to define what leadership means for me. Yes. Because I was told time and time and time again that leadership is lonely. Yeah. Wow. Leadership is a lonely place to be. I refuse that belief now, and it does not have to be that way. It's good. Um, I think I've been able to really hone in on leadership skills. I've been able to make an impact because of the people that are around me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you might feel lonely, but if you really think about it, there's always a community behind you that you can lean on. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be that way. Leadership, leaders need a community. Yes. Yes, they do. It can definitely feel lonely at times, but. We don't have to be in that place alone. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of leaders seeking that uh, community. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and I've noticed, uh, going back to your coaching, that 
Uh, you're definitely putting out more content and value and books that you're reading. Uh, if people want to connect with you or just kind of learn as you're learning, yeah. uh, how, how can they do that? How can they maybe reach out to you or connect with you? Yeah, I have a professional page on Instagram, coaching underscore for underscore leadership. Uh, and really what that's about is I'm learning a ton and, I, and I'm going to continue to learn. And I think people need to have access to that. It is, okay. it shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be only knowledge that is available and accessible to those who can afford an executive coach. It needs to be for everybody because ultimately everyone is going to be a leader at some point. Everyone is yes. already yeah. probably a leader anyway. Yes. Um, so you can reach out to me there. Uh, I'm happy to also discuss opportunities for like pro bono coaching. Um, so reach out to me on that Instagram page and I'll be happy to yeah, chat with y'all. Perfect. Well, I'll say I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. Um, just sharing all the knowledge and really just catching up. Um, yeah. So um, really appreciate it and just wish you much success in all your coaching, all your learning endeavors and impacting really the systemic change that we truly need uh, in this hour today. Uh, yeah. so thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, shout out to Jose. That was another episode of the Lead Up Leadership Podcast. Catch y'all on the next one. Peace.